from world conflicts to falling financial markets, natural disasters, and more. Wish the headlines would just stop. It's not a newsflash that life can feel like a pressure cooker. From managing work to building relationships, it's easy to feel overwhelmed. And for many of us, anxiety and stress are constant companions. But you are not alone. Support is out there, just waiting to meet you. And you can find it through friendly people at churchescare.com. At churchescare.com, we know that finding your community can feel intimidating. That's why we do the heavy lifting for you. Churchescare.com helps connect people like you to churches that can support and serve you. In your new community, you'll find a group of people ready to talk, listen, and help you navigate life through its twists and turns. All you have to do is come as you are. If you're ready to find your community, visit churchescare.com today. That's C-H-U-R-C-H-E-S care.com. We look forward to serving you. Welcome everyone to Too Good to Be True. Thank you for taking the time to listen. The subject of today's show is animal ghosts. Before we start getting into details, let's just briefly talk about psychic insight and how we apply it. We choose a subject, then research the background, and based on that research, we determine what we think needs to be explained by creating a series of questions. Then Justina provides psychic insight to answer those questions. The psychic insight is narrated towards the end of the show. Accepting the psychic insight is a question of individual belief. Now let's go through the disclaimers. Here are the disclaimers. Neither of us claims to have any expertise on any subjects that we discuss. We relate information we find through research and the psychic insight. We are always delighted to hear from the listeners. The show only lasts an hour. We don't have the time to present exhaustive research on any topic. This means that there will be information that we miss. We want to provide a basis for the psychic insight. We don't care if a theory turns out too good to be true, as the show name suggests. We are only interested in finding out more of the truth about topics. Spirit can only relate insight that is appropriate for our time in history. Free will cannot be affected. Only comments that are appropriate for our time can be given through the psychic insight. Much of the subject matter and shows may have already been covered many times in other media. We want to look into subjects in a new, different way and be thought-provoking. We are not so good with pronouncing names, we apologize, and neither of us have any particular knowledge of animal ghosts. If we have misstated anything, we apologize. Today's subject is your suggestion. I didn't think there were animal ghosts, just animal spirits. Yes, we are talking about ghosts. To be a ghost, apparitions recognizable as animals must be visible. As the show is about animals, I think we should dedicate the show to the raccoon that recently climbed the 25-story building in St. Paul, Minnesota. How it stuck out its arms and legs and walked up walls was amazing. Apparently, climbing 20 to 30 feet or 6 to 9 meters is normal for a raccoon, not 200 feet or 60 meters. She survived, was captured, and released. So she isn't a ghost or spirit. She's just climbing trees somewhere. I think that the raccoon showed us that animals are incredible and can do just about anything. Raccoons only live for two to three years in the wild. Maybe in the years ahead, a ghostly raccoon will be seen climbing up the same building. It was a lot of fun following the story, but I am really glad that the raccoon survived and put the regular news on the back burner for a bit. Getting back to ghosts, I came across the book Animal Ghosts or Animal Hauntings and the Hereafter by Elliot O'Donnell, published in 1913. The entire book is freely available online. Over a hundred years ago seems like a long time ago for a book like that on a paranormal subject. So who was Elliot O'Donnell? There's a Wikipedia article dedicated to him, so he is well known. He had a varied career, wrote a lot of ghost story books, and finally ended up working as an actor. He claimed descent from Irish chieftains of ancient times, including Nile of the Nine Hostages, the King Arthur of Irish folklore. What were some of the interesting hauntings in his book? Let's start with a story entitled Captain Humphrey's Story, A Materialized Cat. Quote, my son had the following experience at the age of four years in our Worcestershire home. He was an only child and spent much of his time in the company of a cat who shared his tastes and pursuits, even to the extent of fishing in the river Weir with him, the cat being far more proficient at the sport than the boy. 
When the cat died, we none of us dared to break the news to the child and were much surprised when he asked us to say why his cat only came out to play with him at night nowadays. When we questioned him about it, he stoutly maintained that his cat was there in bodily form every night after he went to bed, looking much the same but a little thinner. At about the same age, one evening after being in bed at one hour, I heard him cry out and going upstairs, his maid also heard and ran up and asked him what was the matter. He said that an old gentleman with a long grey beard like his grandfather came into his room and stood at the front of his bed. At the very moment, the former had a seizure in his carriage while driving through the streets of Birmingham, from which he died without regaining consciousness. Later on, he recognised a photograph of his grandfather as being the person he saw at the foot of the bed. My wife, the maid, and myself can vouch for the accuracy of these statements. Also, friends to whom we have related these facts, unquote. I'm not sure what is more interesting, the cat or the grandfather but I am sure that you were able to find an interesting dog story. This is a fairly, fairly long story entitled How the, Ghost, excuse me, How the Ghost of a Dog Saved Life. Quote, Miss Lefano was walking one day along a very lonely country lane when she suddenly observed an enormous Newfoundland dog following in her wake with a few, uh, a few yards behind. Being very fond of dogs, she called out, to it in a caressing voice and endeavored to stroke it. To her disappointment, however, it dodged aside and repeated the maneuver every time she tried to touch it. At length, losing patience, she desisted and resumed her walk, the dog still following her. In this fashion, they went on until they came to a particularly dark part of the road where the branches of the trees almost met overhead and there was a pool of stagnant, slimy water suggestive of great depth. On the one side, the hedge was high, but on the other, there was a slight gap leading into a thick spinney. Miss Lefanau never visited the spot alone after dusk and then and had been warned against it even in the daytime. As she drew near to it, everything that she had ever heard about it flashed across her mind and she was more than once on the verge of turning back when the sight of the big friendly looking dog plodding behind reassured her. She pressed on. Just as she came to the gap, there was a loud snapping of twigs and to her ho horror, Two tramps with singularly sinister faces sprang out and were about to strike with their bludgeons when the dog, uttering a low, ominous growl, dashed at them. In an instant, the expression of murderous joy in their eyes died out. One of abject terror took its place, and dropping their weapons, they fled, as if the very salvation of their souls depended on it. As may be imagined, Miss Lefanau lost no time in getting the first thing she did on arriving there was to go into the kitchen and order the cook to prepare at once a thoroughly good meal for her, her gallant rescuer, the Newfoundland dog, which she had just shut up securely in the backyard with the laughing remark, there, you can't escape me now. Judge of her astonishment, however, when on her return the dog had gone as the walls of the backyard were 12 feet high and the doors had been shut all the while, no one having passed through them. It was impossible for the animal to have escaped. And the only interpretation that could possibly put on the matter was that dog was su super physical. A conclusion that was subsequently confirmed by the experiences of various other people. As a result of exhaustive inquiries, Miss Lefanau eventually learned that many years before, on the very spot where the tramps had leaped out on her, a peddler and his Newfoundland dog had been discovered murdered." Unquote. A spinny is a small forested area. Tramp is another word for vagrant or homeless person. And the peddler is a person going from place to place to, to sell small goods. This is a really interesting book. Do you have one more story from it? Yes, it includes the keeper of the crown jewels and a bear. Quote, and these quotes are quite difficult English, so forgive me when I mess up. Edmund Lethanel Swift, appointed in 1814 keeper of the crown jewels in the Tower of London, refers in an article in Notes and Queries, 1860, to various unaccountable phenomena happening in the tower during his residence there. He says that one night in the jewel office, one of the sentries was alarmed by a figure like a huge bear issuing from underneath the jewel room door. He thrust at it with his bayonet, which was going right through it, which going right through it stuck in the doorway, whereupon he dropped in a fit and was carried senseless to the guard room. 
When on the morrow, Mr. Swift saw the soldier in the guardroom, his fellow sentinel was also there, and the latter testified to having seen his comrade before the alarm, quite inactive and in full possession of his faculties. He was now, so Mr. Swift added, changed almost beyond recognition and died the following day, unquote. What was a bear doing in London? They don't live there. Yes, uh, bears went extinct in England about 1000 AD. English royalty used to keep lions, leopards, monkeys, bears, and at one time even an elephant at the Tower of London. Was the ghost of the bear sighted again? I couldn't find anything on more sightings. Did you find some stories from other sources? There are plenty of animal ghost stories, but it may be useful to look at some apparent facts surrounding animal hauntings. The website Keen provides a lot of information. For some reason, most material on animal hauntings seems to be based on experience that have occurred in the British Isles. Here are some observations on the haunting by family uh, on hauntings by family pets. Quote, the connection between master and pet can be so powerful in life that it borders on telepathy. After death, that spiritual attachment does not fade. That's why the ghost of a pet may act as a guardian angel, a divine protector. For example, animals that are loyal and defensive in life, like Rottweilers, may not see death as sufficient reason to leave their post. There are stories in the psychic community of phantom barks scaring away would-be home intruders. Most likely these cries are in the defenses of an old pet." Unquote. Are animal hauntings mostly limited to family pets? Apparently not. Here's another quote from the Keen website. Quote, there's no limit on what kind of animal can haunt. Dogs and cats are all the obvious choices, but horse, sheep, cowfish, and rodent spirits have all been reported. In rural areas, there may be reportings of horses in antiquated saddles riding along roadsides, only to disappear suddenly. Likewise, likewise owners of historical farms may hear disembodied bleats, barks, moos, whinnies, and meows, unquote. We'll have to continue talking about animal ghosts after this short break. And you're listening to Too Good to Be True with Justina Marsh and Pete Marsh on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xcbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simultv, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simultv. Simultv offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, sci-fi, and horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. 
Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. We live in rapidly shifting times of extreme volatility and uncertainty. Such profound change brings a unique opportunity for the evolution of consciousness. I'm Gwilda Wiecka, host of Mission Evolution Radio Show, a program that explores the latest scientific developments and deepening spiritual truths supporting human evolution. Join me on XZBN.net, where I interview leading experts in science, physics, medicine, spirituality, and more. By applying divergent viewpoints to leading-edge topics, we uncover expansive and evolutionary truth to assist you on your path to enlightenment. More information and past episodes are available at missionevolution.org. Welcome back to Too Good to Be True. And before the break, we were discussing animal ghosts and discussing if the hauntings are only family pets, but it seems it can be any type of animal. So let's go back to some actual ghost stories. Yes, the website Bark Post has a number of stories of hauntings in the United States. Here is a story of a helpful boxer. Quote, in Nashville's Belmont Hillsborough neighborhood, a good-hearted boxer keeps vigil over young trick-or-treaters. According to Ghost Dogs of the South, Preston the dog accompanied some trick-or-treaters when he saw a boy trying to pick up candy he dropped on in the road. Preston saved the boy by knocking him out of the path of a speeding car, but Preston was hit. Now, every Halloween for the last 50 years, children have invariably reported being bumped onto the sidewalk when they step into the road while trick-or-treating or go too slowly from house to house, unquote. That was a really great story. Do you have another one like it? Yes, from the same website. In the story, Pugin is the name of the dog. Quote, Pugin lived in a large Victorian house in Charleston. He loved to sit on the porch of the house. When the house was turned into a restaurant in 1976, Pugin stayed at the house and greeted diners. Pugin died in 1979 and was buried next to his porch. But to this day, employees say they see Pugin napping in his spot on the porch, and some diners report feeling Pugin brush against their legs while they eat, as if begging for table scraps. The restaurant's name is Pugin's Porch, unquote. That story really warmed the heart. But are there stories of animals and humans actually haunting together? The classic is the headless horseman. That requires cooperation between a human ghost and an animal ghost. But here is another story on that theme from the Bark Post website. Quote, in Baronia, Oregon, there's a story from the 19th century about a horse thief who met his end along the banks of the Nehalem River at the hands of a lynch mob. Apparently, the mob was so angry at the thief, they sh shot his dog as well. Campers at now Scaponia Park have seen the thief and his dog wandering along the river. Unquote. Was there a real headless horseman? No, it turns out the Headless Horseman is from a work of fiction. Here's a quote from Wikipedia. Quote, the Headless Horseman is a fictional character from the short story, The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, by American author Washington Ir Irving, unquote. However, there is the story of the Hessian or German mercenary working for the British in the Revolutionary Era, era who was decapitated by a cannonball. Before his death, he had saved a local boy from a fire. Local people thought it appropriate to bury his body in the churchyard, with the story being told that a ghost was seen searching for his head. So what are the possible scientific explanations for ghosts, including animal ghosts, being seen? The website Mental Floss lists the following six reasons why people might think they see ghosts. I will paraphrase from the article. One, electromagnetic fields. Canadian neuroscientist Michael Persinger provides the explanation that magnetic pulses change perception, making people think they are seeing a ghostly apparition. Two, infrasound. Low-frequency sound not audible to humans can affect the senses. Three, mold. Some molds can cause symptoms can, that can affect the mind like irrational fear or dementia. 
Four, carbon monoxide poisoning. Carbon monoxide can cause oral and visual hallucinations. Five, someone else said it was real. One person's account can affect another person's memory. And finally, six, we want to believe. We all want to believe in life after death, so our perceptions could be could be swayed by what we want to believe. That's interesting. There is the belief that a ghost presence can be indicated by a fluctuation in temperature and electromagnetic energy, which is usually a big deal in ghost hunting shows. But we have talked a lot about dogs. What other animals are thought to be ghosts? There are stories about all sorts of animals besides dogs, but most of them, for some reason, occurred again in the British Isles. Here's a story about a horse from the website Real British Ghosts, unquote. A ghost does not usually appear frequently enough in a particular place to have a name, or sorry, a road named after it. However, Whitehorse Road in Edgehill is the exception and is named after the spectral white horse that has been seen galloping across the fields. The road runs from the site of the haunted Edgehill battlefield to the place where the bodies of the slain soldiers of both armies are buried. There are two theories as to who originally owned the horse. One is that it belonged to Prince Rupert, who survived the battle, and the other that the phantom horse belonged to Captain Kingsmill, who died on the field of battle, unquote. The Battle of Edgehill occurred during the English Civil War. It was fought in southern Warwickshire, England, on Sunday the 23rd of October 1642. The war was between royalists and parliamentarians. The outcome of the battle was not decisive. What other types of animals have appeared and are thought to be ghosts? There's a story about a goose on the same website, Real British Ghosts, which refers to Elliot O'Donnell, who we talked about earlier. Quote, the ghost hunter Elliot O'Donnell tells of a farmer who was driving in a pony and trap along the road in Melonsby when his horse suddenly shied and bolted. The farmer wrestled with the reins and finally got the horse under control, although he was still traveling very fast. At a loss as to the reason for the horse's sudden fear, he saw beside the trap what appeared to be a large white goose waddling along the road the way geese do, yet traveling over the ground as fast as he was. When they reached the churchyard, to the farmer's immense relief, the goose turned into the closed and locked gates. The spectral bird was seen by several people on a number of other occasions. Unquote. Who would expect to see a high-speed waddling goose? Mellonsby is a village in North Yorkshire, England. Uh, a trap is an unnamed for a small carriage pulled by a single horse or pony. These stories are really fun. It doesn't seem like animals want to be spooky, but just be themselves, even if they are going a bit faster than normal. But I think we have time for a couple more stories. There is the ghost rabbit of Thetford Lodge from the same website. Thetford is a town in Norfolk, England. Quote, the lodge was built in the 15th century by monks from the nearby Cluniac Priory, but a person who looked after the rabbits in the Westwick Rabbit Warren. In those days, rabbits were an import source of both fresh meat and fur and were farmed much as we farm sheep. And the animal ghost that haunts here is a white rabbit. It has been seen several times hopping around near the building, a ghost reminder of the history of the area, unquote. I think it might be brave to say you've seen the ghost of a white rabbit, but are there any reports of ghosts of insects? The, the insect would have to be pretty big to see it unless it was a giant spider. But how could you tell it if it was a physical creature or a ghost? Usually insects, especially large ones, are something you want to avoid. Is there any other type of animal that has a good ghost story? There is a story of the alleged ghost of a monkey, again from the Real British Ghost website. Quote, a ghost monkey can be heard in Athelhampton House. The house was originally built by the Martin family, whose family crest was a monkey sitting on a tree stump. And their motto was, he who looks at Martin's ape, Martin's ape will look at him. And it is Martin's ape who haunts the hall. The tragic story is as follows. The ape had freedom of the house and could wander as it chose. One of the daughters of the Martin family had an unhappy love affair and determined to kill herself, climbed the hidden stairs to the secret room. The ape followed her unobserved. The poor girl put an end to her life, feeling no doubt that she was totally alone in the world. But she was not alone. The ape was with her. By the time the girl was found, the poor monkey had starved to death. 
The ghost monkey is never seen, but its spirit can be heard vainly scratching at the paneling of the secret room and staircase in an eternal frantic attempt to escape. Unquote. Athelhampton House is in Athelhampton near Dorchester, Dorset, England. Dorchester, Dorset. I've been there. That's near where you're from. But did you know about this ghost story? I had no idea, but I think now we should go a little off topic. Have you ever seen a dog stare or bark at something you can't see and isn't there, at least to human eyes? That might mean that animals can see ghosts or spirits when humans can't. There's an article on the website Bark Post written by Rachel Kershetti, which discusses whether dogs bark at ghosts. And I will begin the quote. If you are the owner of a dog, you may have already asked yourself at some point if your pup can see things you can't. I mean, sometimes pups will stand somewhere in a house and bark at seemingly nothing. The question of whether or not dogs can sense the supernatural has been researched extensively by scientists. According to Animal Planet, the sixth sense that many dog owners believe their pups have could be a result of dog senses being stronger than that of humans. Dogs have exceptional hearing and sense of smell, and a dog's view allows him to sense small movements with his sight as well. They can detect movements, have a sense of smell 1,000 to 10,000 times stronger than that of humans, and can hear at higher frequencies. There have been many claims of dogs who have sensed when a family member or owner was going to pass. Also, there are many instances where dogs will remain by their owner's bedside as they are dying, or even by their grave after they have passed. Pet psychologist Marty Miller believes that both humans and dogs possess a sixth sense that connects them to the paranormal. The catch is that humans judge or deny what they are feeling, while dogs don't judge what is going on in the environment, theoretically making them more sensitive to supernatural going-ons. The truth is, because dogs can't offer their explanation, there's no telling the reason behind a dog barking at what seems like nothing. Until a dog can tell us about Casper the Friendly Ghost taking residence in our home, we won't know whether or not Fido can sense ghosts. Miller states that there's no way to know if dogs can actually see ghosts or not, but she does believe that if you observe a dog standing in the corner barking at nothing visible, then there's a pretty good chance that he's barking at an entity, spirit, or energy that does not belong there. But with that, we'll go into the break, and you're listening to Too Good To Be True with Justina Marsh and Pete Marsh on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Broadcast studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to the world and beyond. You're watching the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. ABS Media. You have heard of the Exxon? Now watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like Exxon, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand live streaming events from around the world, interactive online network, and much more. Tomorrow's TV today, Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 
1-800-800-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the Word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God, and finally, After the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Welcome back to Too Good to Be True. And um, before the break, we were discussing dogs barking at seemingly nothing, and maybe why they're doing that. Yeah, I think it's worth going off topic a little bit. But presumably, all types of animals, not just dogs, may have, may be better equipped than humans to detect the paranormal. Well, with that, I think it's time for the first question. Yes, not a ghost, thankfully. But why did the raccoon climb the twenty-five-story? building in St. Paul? Basically because it was looking for food and it was also making a point. So the raccoon decided that if she could not find food on the streets, then it would make a point by climbing the building. Did the raccoon feel the energy of millions of people around the world watching and hoping that the building would be conquered for a happy ending? Yes, so the raccoon did feel the energy and she was motivated to try to get off the building safely So then she did realize that there were people even on the ground watching her. What can we learn from the courageous raccoon? That there's not really any distinct limitation. So especially with animals, they can be rather surprising. And in this case, no one expected a raccoon to climb a building or make it out safely. But also that there was a point making that different buildings and different human-made structures are taking over where animals originally were. So it's harder and harder for animals to find food. So it becomes harder and harder, and animals will now start going into these human structures, or for example, in the raccoon's case, on the human structures, in search of their basic needs that include food. Back to ghost stories. Why was author Elliot O'Donnell so successful in writing about the paranormal at a time when the subject of ghosts would have been less popular than perhaps now? Basically just because the stories were very interesting and many people could relate back to them in their own lives. Was Elliot O'Donnell descended from Irish chieftains of ancient times, including Nile of the Nine Hostages? Yes. Is the account of Captain Humphrey's story a materialized cat true? Was there a cat ghost that returned to visit the four-year-old boy? Yes. Is there a special bond between animals and children who seem to have a greater acceptance of animals as fellow creatures? Yes, and as mentioned before, children are a lot more spiritual. So you can think of them as not having the walls and guards that older adults have. So their imagination is more there and their spirituality is there in a different way than adults have. Did the cat's ghost look much the same as the cat did when alive, but a little thinner? Yes. Was the figure of an old gentleman with a long grey beard standing at the end of the bed, the boy's grandfather? Yes. Was the figure a spirit or a ghost? A spirit. Why did the old gentleman visit the boy? Just to make sure he was okay. He visited the boy just as he passed, is that correct? Yes. Did Miss Leffenau encounter the ghost of a Newfoundland dog on her walk? 
Yes. How did the ghosts of, of the Newfoundland know that Miss Le Lefanau was in danger? Because the dog could feel the energy and basically had, you could call it, a premonition of what was going to occur. Did the ghosts of Newfoundland utter a low, ominous growl and dash after the would-be attackers? Yes. Was the ghost of the Newfoundland spotted for? Yes. So what was the dog's name? So when the dog was alive, the dog's name was Bud. So B-U-D. Had a peddler and his dog been killed at the same location many years before? Yes. At the Tower of London in the 1800s, did a century react to seeing the ghost of a bear? Yes. Did the sentry try to kill the bear with his bayonet passing right through and sticking in a doorway? Yes. Did the sentry die the following day? Yes. Was Why were there apparently no more reported sightings of the bear after that? Because the bear disappeared afterwards. Was the bear captive in its lifetime at the Tower of London? Not exactly. It was captive for a period of time, yes, but not its full life, no. Why did the bear haunt the jewel room? Basically because it was curious and was attracted to the different jewels. What was the name of the bear? It didn't really have a name and was more of a prisoner than a friend, so the bear didn't have a super happy life. Would this sentry have died anyway if he hadn't seen the bear? Yes, that was unrelated. So it was just a coincidence? It was mostly a coincidence, and the bear was just curious of the person. So the bear was just kind of roaming and looking around, you could say. Why were there no reported... Sorry, why were there no more reported sightings of the bear? There were no more reported sightings because the bear basically found what it needed. So it basically found the different rooms, explored, and realized that it was finally free to go where it pleased. So the bear was basically freed of being a ghost and haunting the place. Do bears or other animals fear going to the light as some humans apparently do? Yes, not all. And it's less for animals since their souls work a little di bit differently since they're not humans with as much fear of death. But some animals are still afraid of death, especially when they leave someone or something behind. So when their owner is still alive or when there is some type of unsolved situation. So for example, if a mother animal left their young behind or if they were in some bad situation, so being held captive in a zoo, etc. Why are there so many apparent animal hauntings in the British Isles? Just because the number of animals that were basically in fear there, so the animals were not always treated the best. Is the connection between master and pet so powerful that after death, spiritual attachment does not fade? Yes and no, so there are two different answers. So one, the animal may still haunt as a ghost. So that's where the animal is basically trapped between the spiritual and physical world. So there is this connection. But there's also the connection where the pet passes away and goes into the spirit world, where the spirit can also look after the master. But a spirit is completely in the spiritual world. So yes, no matter if the animal is a ghost or spirit, there's still this connection. Can all animals, including horses, sheep, cows, fish, and rodents, become ghosts? Yes. Is a professionally trained psychic required to communicate with animal ghosts? Not always. So yes, someone can try to train to communicate with animals and ghosts. But it could be, for example, children, or even someone who's spiritually inclined to communicate. So professional just means that they have some type of boundaries and some type of training in whatever way. But even children, for example, can communicate depending on the person. Are animal ghosts less dangerous to humans than perhaps human ghosts? So overall, yes, because that goes into the whole aspect of negative entities pretending to be ghosts and pretending to be human ghosts. And also human ghosts can be quite, you could say, quite pests with what they are doing, while animal ghosts are still animals. So they can't really have too much effect. And usually animal ghosts are more calm when they're in ghost form compared to human ghosts. In Nashville, did Preston the dog save a boy who was trick-or-treating by knocking him out of a, 
out of the path of a speeding car than being hit by the car and killed. Yes. During every Halloween for the last 50 years, have children been bumped on in, onto the sidewalk when they step into the road or go too slowly from house to house? Yes. Is Preston making sure that no child gets hurt while trick-or-treating? Yes. With Preston doing such a great job, is there any reason he should be encouraged to pass over? The only reason would be as if the soul actually wanted to go into a different form. But right now, Preston seems quite happy and is doing a very lovely and noble deed to these children. So there's really no reason. Just making sure that if someone does encounter Preston, to basically thank him for helping and be very positive. In the restaurant Pugan's Porch in Charleston, is Pugan seen napping in his spot on the porch with some diners feeling Pugan brush against their legs while they eat, as if begging for table scraps? Yes. Why does Pugan like to be at the restaurant interacting with guests? That was his happy place. Should visitors to the restaurant thank Pugan for being such a good boy? Yes, and also that Pugan just basically just wants to stay in his happy place. So he's staying there because that is where he got the most joy. And so he wants to keep watching over. And that's basically the biggest difference between human ghosts and animals that are ghosts. Animals that are ghosts are more aware that they are actually a ghost compared to humans. So humans are more in this confusion state, while animals basically understand that they are not really in a physical form, and they are not also in a spiritual form. So they are kind of more aware of what's happening to them. In Veronia, Oregon, are the ghosts of a horse thief and his dog seen by campers at Scaponia Park? Yes. Did the horse thief not want to pass over with his dog not wanting to leave him? Yes. Is there anything we can do for the horse thief and the dog? Basically, just be positive, and in time, they will pass over. So sometimes it just takes a lot longer for some souls to pass over than for others. In the revolutionary era, was a, re a German mercenary decapitated by a cannonball with his ghost seen by people searching for his head? Yes. Is that the basis for the legend of Sleepy Hollow? Vaguely, yes. But we'll have to continue with the questions and the psychic insight after the short break. And you're listening to Too Good to Be True with Justina Marsh and Pete Marsh on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, www.xcbn.net. Watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide 15 exclusive channels like X Zone, Sci Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. The new nonfiction book, Razor of Madness, is similar to cult movies like Clockwork Orange, Dragon's Tattoo, or The Other Side of Hell. Wayne Morin Jr. and Thomas Lee Howe will expose widespread and systematic deficiencies in this thought-provoking tell-all novel. 
Mind control rages among scholars in law schools. Human rights are ignored while thought reform and mental manipulation are accepted practices used as behavior modification. Dr. Louis Jolion West comes to mind. Media and public scrutiny shows that United States mental hospitals are in fact destructive murder industries. Razor of Madness Expose Novel details this epidemic through an in-depth professional and personal investigation. For decades, there has been a revolving door policy that still releases killers and pedophiles back into society. The maestro of mind control continues to haunt America to this very day. Razor of Madness is available in paperback or as a downloadable ebook at Amazon.com. The concept of a new age has been around since the late 19th century, yet much of its original meaning has been lost. What exactly is the new age? Is it a religion? A collection of obscure esoteric practices? A series of doomsday predictions? Or an astrological event? The New Age Chronicles is a unique, complimentary publication bringing reason and grounded information to separate fact from fiction. Chuck full of valuable information to support you as we make the monumental shift into the new era. You won't want to miss a single innovative issue. The New Age Chronicles newspaper is coming soon to www.newagechronicles.com. Welcome back to Too Good to Be True. And before the break, we're going through the questions and the psychic insight about animal ghosts. So, Dad, can you please continue with the questions? Yes, I will. Can any of the following make people have the illusion that they are seeing a ghost? Electromagnetic fields, infrasound, mold, carbon monoxide poisoning, person's memory affected by another story, and wanting to believe in life after death. So carbon monoxide and other drugs and hallucinogenics can make people see things that aren't there. So there's no denying that they may see forms of things that aren't really there. However, usually the person would pass out or have some otherworldly experience not really seeing a ghost. So this would be pretty rare. For the rest of them, the pretty much answer is no. So some people who do have different mental illnesses or different issues may go into a state of mind that is not what we'd call sane. So they may believe things that are not there, hear voices, possibly see ghosts, etc. However, for most of the stories, that is not true. So usually if a person's doing this, there will be other things they see, which is an obvious sign that they are not seeing a ghost. But they are seeing something that isn't really there. But with ghosts, usually the person will know right away if they have seen it or not. And if someone believes in ghosts or doesn't believe in ghosts, that doesn't make them more or less likely to see a ghost. Can a ghost presence be indicated by a fluctuation in temperature and electromagnetic energy? So this is a yes and no. So it really depends on the ghost. So if a ghost really wants to change the surrounding environment, then yes, it can. However, it doesn't always do that. So you can think of it as kind of the ghost's free will, or if the temperature changes, the ghost may want to do this. But sometimes the ghost wants to stay hidden. So it's a ghost, sorry, so it's a ghost's choice whether it wants to be seen or not. Yes, and basically it's the same as humans having free will. The ghost also has free will. Is a spectral white horse seen galloping across the fields near Edge Hill? Yes. Did the horse belong to either Prince Rupert or Captain Kingsmill from the Battle of Edgehill in 1642? It belonged to the captain. Why is the horse a ghost? Basically, in this case, the horse doesn't realize it's passed on. So the horse is staying around since it was very traumatic death for the horse. So this is one of the cases that is similar to humans, that sometimes a human is in ghost form because of their tragic death. Was the horse killed during the battle? Around the time of the battle, yes. What is the horse's name? Pegasus. In Melonsby, was a goose seen waddling, keeping pace with a farmer driving a pony and trap? Yes. Has the goose been seen on other occasions? Yes. 
Why is the ghost of the goose appearing? Sorry, say that again. I'm having trouble with goose. Why is the ghost of the goose appearing in this way? Basically, it likes following people around and seeing what's going on. So it's not ready to leave the earth plane yet. Sunset enjoys just going around and enjoying the scenery and enjoying just watching people. Does a hopping white rabbit haunt Thetford Lodge? Yes. Why is the white rabbit haunting the area? It just likes the area. So it likes where it was and it has fond memories of being there and basically raising small rabbits, which sounds strange to humans. But animals actually really enjoy the relationships they form with other animals, especially raising young. Have insects ever appeared as ghosts? Yes, but they're so tiny it would be very rare for humans to see an insect ghost. And for the most part, insects' brains aren't as, you could say, as developed as a lot of other animals. So a lot of the time they will just go into spirit world and then be reincarnated into a different animal form. So even, for example, the smallest organisms could be ghosts, technically, but that would be very rare occurrence because of their level of intelligence being lower. At Athelhampton House, did a girl kill herself with a monkey who was with her, dying of starvation? Yes. Is the scratching noise made by the ghost of the monkey? Yes. Why does the ghost of the monkey make the scratching noise? Basically to get people's attention to warn about the girl. What is the name of the monkey? Zola. Has the girl passed over? Is she fine on the other side? Yes, but the monkey needs to realize that she is okay. When a dog is staring at nothing and barking at nothing, what is it seeing that people can't see? So animals in general can see different ghost spirits a lot better. So sometimes it is seeing a ghost or spirit but sometimes it is just annoyed. So it's kind of a toss up if the dog or different animal has seen something or if it isn't. So it is up to the human to kind of gauge if that's normal behavior or if something else is wrong or if it's actually just looking at nothing that could be a ghost or spirit. Do dogs have a stronger sixth sense than humans? Yes. Are dogs more perceptive of the paranormal? Are they much more able to perceive ghosts or spirits in humans? Yes. How do pets know when their owner is going to pass away? They can feel the shift in energy. Why do pets sometimes stay at gravesides after the death of their owners? Because of the connection and with a lot of pets, they really do have unconditional love. So that's something that humans kind of struggle with since they overthink and the concept of love is different. But with pets, this unconditional love really does go far. So it goes back to a quote where basically a human has their whole life. But basically a pet has a human as their whole life. So basically the whole life for the pet is the human. Well, the human has many different things in their life. What would prevent an animal ghost from crossing over? Could they be helped or are they just exercising a choice? So yes, there can be a choice. In certain situations, animals get help in passing over. But again, that would take someone specially trained, since not everyone can go and help a pet pass over. It needs to be done in the right, correct way. So even if you do go try to help the animal, it is their free will and their choice if they want to cross over, just like human ghosts, where it is their choice if they want to cross over. They can be encouraged, but ultimately it's up to them. What is the best course of action if someone encounters an animal ghost? Just to be as positive as possible, since there are many reasons that the pet or animal may still be basically on the earth plane, such as a spiritual plane as a ghost. So to be positive, be encouraging, and realize that a lot of animals have really tough lives. So sometimes all an animal needs is a little bit of love. What can we learn from animal ghosts and and their hauntings? That animals are basically one of the foundations of Earth. So animals provide so much to humans that humans can't even start to comprehend that. And that also animals possess this, you could call it, unconditional love that humans don't really understand. So the love that different different animals have for their young and for basically reproducing, keeping their survival, is different than just a basic need. It's more when it comes to animals. 
and that's something that science hasn't really explained yet, since they have explained animals need to reproduce, and that is their instinct. But they haven't really studied how different parents of animals interact with their children, how animals interact with each other, or how some maybe unconventional animals actually abide by humans and become their pets, even though they are not the most conventional, conventional thought of pet. That was the last answer. Are animal ghosts too good to be true? That depends on what you are prepared to believe. Well, I must be uh, a little bit surprised by the high-speed waddling goose from North Yorkshire. So surprised I couldn't even pronounce uh, the word goose. What was your favorite story? I think my favorite was probably Pugan because it's adorable that you can go to a restaurant and see a dog ghost. I just think that whole concept is pretty cute. Or um, also Preston, that... It's kind of like a safety net, safety guard for children, with which I think is adorable, so that the trick-or-treaters can be safe. I like the story of the bear, not that the poor uh, sentry died and apparently had nothing to do with it, but uh, the bear sort of went for its little tour, and after it seen the jewels and had a look around, decided it was time to go. Um, it <laughs> just showed the sort of curiosity that uh, animals probably have, and... Uh, once the bear was happy that uh, it had seen what, uh, what it needed to see, off it went. Well, I think the biggest takeaway I got from this wasn't even the fact of animal ghosts, but was more that we don't really understand how animals and humans interact. There seems to be a lot more about how animals are. And I mean, we can't just talk to an animal like we talk to a human. So it seems that there's a lot more layers to animals and especially pets that we might not even think about. And even, I mean, before we discussed in previous previous episode about dogs and different animals, but I think it goes back again to the point of respecting this planet and respecting animals, no matter how big or small they are. Yeah, we'll look for another listener suggestion, on, maybe on the subject of animals. I, I think the animal shows are the most fun. Yeah, I'll mention this, is that if you have a suggestion, if you can think of some other animal topic, I'm sure there's a bunch out there, then you can go to our Facebook page at Too Good To Be True or our website at TooGoodToBeTrue.net and you can send us a message on there, any feedback you have. If you have a personal ghost story from an animal, that would be amazing to hear since I'm sure there's some listeners out there that have experienced some type of strange situation from a past loved pet. Yeah, we should have a final shout out to the raccoon that climbed the... Uh... The building in St. Paul. Um, what a what a hero. Yes, I just want to emphasize that the raccoon was safe. There was photos of it being released. It is safe. And somehow it climbed 23 stories and they got it off the building. And they said the raccoon was probably about a year old and it was a she. So the little raccoon girl was climbing the building. But as always, thank you to all the listeners for listening. And we look forward to next week's show. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com.
Are you or is someone you know struggling with addictions, depression, anxiety, relationships, low self-esteem, lack of confidence, grief, success, and prosperity? Do you know that your subconscious belief plays a big role in the outcome of your hard work? We can help you permanently change the beliefs that may be the reason for your struggles and failures. We care about getting you the return on your investment and the results you are looking for. We can help you be free of the limitations of your past and in realizing your highest potential. We work with people by phone and Skype. For more information, visit us at www.ritasoman.com. That's www.ritasoman.com. Do you think you have energy problems in your home? Do you feel better when you're away than when you're home? Joey Korn is a global leader in the world of dowsing who specializes in personal energy clearing and space clearing. He can help you create an ideal energy environment in your home no matter where you live in the world. Learn about his remote spiritual house cleaning services and much more at www.dowsers.com. You can get Joey's book, Dowsing, A Path to Enlightenment, as well as other dowsing books and tools, Kabbalah books, and Walter Russell books. Joey's work is really amazing. Go to dowsers.com right now. That's D-O-W-S-E-R-S dot com or call 1-877-DOWSING. That's 1-877-369-7464.